I'm Jeremy Schisler with Schisler Farms in Mason, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another episode of Texas Ag Today. All you got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, USDA cut the U.S. cotton crop production forecast by 2.5 million bales. But the wheat market did not get any support from last week's WASD report. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. The pace of fed cattle sales has gotten pretty slow lately. I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll talk about what that means for our Texas feed yards. A USDA trade mission to two Southeast Asia countries will take place later this fall. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have a report on the agricultural significance of Malaysia and Singapore to the United States on Texas Ag Today. This is Jim Hurd in the Rio Grande Valley. Extreme South Texas has hit triple-digit temperatures on a daily basis, and drought is coming back to face valid producers. We'll have those stories and more in today's report. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. USDA cut its U.S. cotton production estimate in Friday's crop production and supply and demand report. This was the first report of the year based on producer field surveys. Lance Honig of the National Ag Statistics Service looks at the cotton numbers. We're forecasting harvested area to be up 18%, even though planted was down 19.4%. Remember the horrendous situation we saw last year in particular in Texas. So we are recovering or rebounding from that back to a much more normal harvested to planted ratio. Yield, we're forecasting 779 pounds per acre. That's down 18% year over year. Overall, our production, we're expecting 14 million bales. That's down 3.3% from what was produced last year. These cotton yield and production forecasts are the lowest since 2014. The report was mostly neutral for the wheat market, according to Rich Nelson with Allendale. Uh, UST did both a, uh, a resurvey effort for acreage for small grains and really for wheat, that really didn't change the story too much. Only up 180,000 acres. That was offset by a yield decline, 0.3 bushels an acre. So production in this case uh, was lowered by 5 million bushels. Not a big surprise there. USD did address some export uh, concern and therefore stocks were raised. 592 to now 615. Pretty much within the trade expectation though here. The wheat market had a mostly negative reaction to the report. 
There's a 95% chance that El Nino is moving into Texas. Although it may not feel like it right now, we are in for some cooler and wetter weather in the coming months. According to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, there is now a more than 95% chance El Nino conditions will prevail from December through February of 2024. El Nino is a warming of ocean surface temperatures in the eastern and central Pacific. Historically, it means cooler and wetter weather in the winter in Texas. The last time we saw a strong El Nino was in 2015 and 16. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. At the recent Texas A&M Beef Cattle Short Course, Cattle Facts meteorologist Matt Makins told us that El Nino will only stick around for one, maybe two growing seasons before we switch back to the hotter and drier La Nina weather pattern. But he cautioned that this upcoming winter should be cold and wet, which should be good for wheat, but not so good for spring calving. The pace of fed cattle sales has gotten pretty slow here in Texas recently. James Hunt takes a look at what that means for Texas feedlots. For people who pay close attention to the cattle business, one important thing to watch is marketings. Marketings are the number of cattle that packing plants buy from feed yards. And Brady Miller of Texas Cattle Feeders Association says lately that figure has gone in a direction that feed yards don't want. Within TCFA's three-state service area of Texas, Oklahoma, and New Mexico, Miller says the association's estimates show a big decline when comparing July 2023 with July 2022. If you look at our three state marketings year over year, we're at 89.9%. And so that number is significantly lower. Typically, we want to see 100% or we want to see 100 plus percent year over year. According to some analysts, packers are currently losing about $100 to $200 per head. And Miller says it appears that packers are responding by buying fewer cattle. A smaller number of purchases not only allows the packers to reduce their overall losses, Miller says the resulting backlog of cattle in the feed yards can also serve packers' interest in price negotiations. We have a perishable product. We can't just continue to feed these animals. At some point, you're going to be more of a willing seller at a lower price just to get an animal gone because that animal at some point will end up costing you more money than he's making you because you still have to feed that animal and he's not going to be gaining as much. Still, even though this backlog situation can suppress fed cattle prices, Miller says right now, on average, on a cash basis, area feed yards are making profits of about $180 per head based on an average price of $1.83 per pound. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A USDA trade mission to two Southeast Asian countries will take place this fall. Tom Nicoletti has more on the trip. The U.S. Department of Agriculture's final trade mission for 2023 in late October into early November will be to Singapore and Malaysia. These two countries have significant potential as growing markets for U.S. food and farm goods. The U.S. delegation's lead official to Southeast Asia is Alexis Taylor, Undersecretary for Trade and Foreign Agricultural Affairs. 
They are showing a lot of interest and demand in U.S. food and agricultural products. And we are excited to take these businesses and U.S. industry to really explore the opportunities that are there for them. In 2022, U.S. exports reached $1.1 billion to Malaysia. It's a growing market. We are sending products such as wheat, rice, beef, dairy, and a lot of different fruits. But also we see growing demand for soybeans, some processed fruit and vegetable products, tree nuts. And then also just consumer packaged goods, things that are going directly to consumers. We see a growing middle class, more disposable income and a really desire to buy those U.S. food and ag products directly. Malaysia is a major food processing hub in the region, and they do a lot of re-exporting through Southeast Asia and beyond. When we look to Singapore, they are a highly urbanized nation and they rely heavily on agricultural food imports. They are a key logistics hub to the Asia Pacific region. And they host a lot of buyers from the whole region in Singapore is a market that we are interested in. But getting into the Singapore market, you really are able to tap into that entire region. That is U.S. Department of Agriculture's Alexis Taylor, Undersecretary for Trade and Foreign Agricultural Affairs. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Triple-digit temperatures have settled into extreme South Texas. Jim Hearn says the heat is drying the Rio Grande Valley out very quickly. Valley weather remains hot and dry. Daytime highs hitting between 102 to 106. The heat index ratings have gone as high as 115. Most of the valley is abnormally dry, and at the reservoirs at Falcon and Amistad, drought conditions are getting into a severe drought mode. Falcon Reservoir has dropped another 3.5% in the last 30 days. We're now registering about 12.1% full. Amistad Reservoir also down about 3.5%. They're down to about 35.8% over the last 30 days. Well, the citrus crop continues to size very slowly. Irrigation crews are on a two- to three-week irrigation schedule and crews are putting in a lot of overtime. Because of the extreme heat, insect pressure has been very, very light. The hot weather has been ideal for cotton defoliation and harvesting. Harvesting of corn and milo are now finished, and the hot weather has just been ideal. The tropical season has been very quiet so far. The Saharan desert, dust that has kept the tropical air relatively dry over the entire Atlantic has really retarded systems from any type of development. Now, we'll still be need to be on the lookout for systems that may develop a little closer to home, possibly in the Gulf of Mexico or the Caribbean. Water temperatures in the Florida Keys still near 100 degrees, while the Gulf of Mexico temperatures range about 87 Plenty of warm water for systems to wrap up rapidly. This is Jim Hearn reporting in the Rio Grande Valley. New Year Texas hunting and fishing licenses are on sale now. I'm Jessica Dolmull and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And there is a lot of confusion over recent changes regarding antibiotics and growth implants. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd will have more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
The 2023 Texas Cattle Feeders Association Annual Convention will be here before we know it. TCFA invites you to this year's convention, October 8th through the 10th, at the Gaylord Texan in Grapevine, Texas. The 2023 convention boasts outstanding educational, informative, and networking opportunities. Register before September 7th to save on your registration and hotel room at the 2023 TCFA Annual Convention. Find more information by visiting www.tcfa.org. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Over-the-counter antibiotics for livestock are no longer available, and there were some changes made to the use of growth implants for cattle. Dr. Bob Judd says these changes have caused some confusion in the industry. I have talked to some ranchers that appear to be confused about the new rules they have been hearing about. Some are under the impression that the new rules prevent people from working cattle for ranchers unless you are a veterinarian, and this is simply not the case. Procedures including most vaccinations, non-surgical dehorning, deworming, and castrations are considered livestock procedures by the state of Texas and are not the practice of veterinary medicine, and this has not changed. Surgical procedures, such as a cesarean, is a surgical procedure and must be performed by a veterinarian, and this has not changed. The only change is the availability of over-the-counter antibiotics and the labels on some growth implants. Due to antibiotic resistance, the health authorities in this country have determined that over-the-counter antibiotics are contributing to the serious antibiotic-resistant problem that is occurring in this country. The authorities believe that this is one step in decreasing resistance by requiring all livestock producers to get a prescription from their veterinarian for all antibiotics, and you must have a client-patient relationship with a vet to get the prescription. Realize your local veterinarian had nothing to do with this change and they are not the reason you cannot buy over-the-counter antibiotics anymore. There have also been some changes to the labels on growth implants. So if you use growth implants for your cattle, make sure and check the label closely. If you have other questions about these new rules, contact me at TexVet at TXFB.org. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. New Texas hunting and fishing licenses are on sale now. Jessica Domel has more in today's wildlife report. New Year hunting and fishing licenses are on sale now. The majority of licenses sold in Texas can be purchased through the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department's website. Mike Hobson Jr., TPWD License Manager, joins us for more on what to do if you are a lifetime license holder. For the lifetime licenses, if they're hunting or fishing for anything that requires tagging, they will need to either go online and get their tags for the year. There's two ways to get it. This year, we have all of our lifetime licenses available digitally. What that means is that there is zero paper, no paper whatsoever. You do need a smartphone and you need to download our harvest app called the My Texas Hunt Harvest and sync that app with your profile for your license and you would do all of your tagging through the app if you harvest a deer, mule deer, turkey, red drum, any of those. Those who choose a digital option will have to digitally tag. Those who choose the traditional paper license will still have the option to use the traditional paper tags. In addition to the lifetime licenses, there are other options for hunters and anglers who need a license. 
I would say our most popular license type is actually our super combo, which comes with your hunting license, your fishing license, your freshwater endorsement, your saltwater endorsement, all of the stamps or endorsements. So it comes with your archery, your upland, and your migratory game bird. You do have to add your hip to that. And you do have to add the federal duck to that. A link to buy your new year hunting and fishing licenses is available on the TPWD website. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We saw another day of losses across the board in the agricultural markets. We'll check out Tuesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TXHEALTH.com. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Tuesday was the second day in a row of lower markets across the board in the agricultural commodity markets. Cattle, cotton, grains all finishing lower. We'll start with the cattle. August live cattle down 65 cents, 179.10. The October down 70, 179.97. With December live cattle down 80. 184.17. Same thing on the feeder cattle. August feeders down 35 at 245.87. September feeders down 35, 249.77. October feeders down 30 at 251.55. Cash fed cattle market all quiet on Tuesday. The last few weeks, we haven't seen any trade until late on Friday. Looks like it may be the same way this week. So far, we don't have any bids or asking prices to report. Boxed beef prices higher Tuesday. Choice up a dollar ninety-seven, three oh seven forty-seven. Select up two seventy at two eighty-three fifteen. Now let's check the auction bars. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Rodney Butler sold cattle in Beeville on Friday. Rodney, how was the sale? We had a good sale. Numbers were short, but we had a good sale. Quality cattle are selling good. I don't know how to stress that, but most of all, those good cattle are selling good. Lighter kids might have been a little cheaper uh, Friday, and but it, due to the quality, might have had something to do with it too, but I thought we had a good sale. So. Good. Walk the pins with us, Rodney. Uh, all right. Your two to 300-pound steers were 220 to 275. Heifers of 185 to 250. 300-400 pound steers, 229 to 275. Heifers 210 to 240. 400 to 500 pound steers 220 to 260. Heifers 176 to 220. Your 500 to 600 pound steers were 201 to 235. Heifers $2 to 225. 600 to 700 pound steers $1.98 to 210. Heifers 189 to 225. And your 700 to 800 pound steers were 184 to $2. And your heifers were 151 to 180. Packer cows, we didn't have very many. I think we had about 55 to 60 packer cows. They brought anywhere from 40 to $1.10. Bulls brought from $1 to $1.25. Stocker cows that we had brought anywhere from 68 to $1.30. And we had a few pairs. They brought anywhere from seven fifty to fourteen and a half, sir. Well, that sounds like a good sale. Now, what do you feel the sale this Friday is going to be like? 
I know of a few cattle coming in, not a whole bunch, but I do know of uh, two bunches of cattle that are being worked to Wednesday, so they'll be there. So maybe we'll have a few more cattle probably around that 400 range, sir. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Rodney. Yeah, if I can help market your cattle here, call me at 361-358-1727, or you can call me on my mobile, 645-5000. I appreciate it, and I'll talk to you later in the week. Sounds good. Take care. Thank you. Neighbor, y'all take care. Come on back to Walking the Pins on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, Monday through Friday. I'm Larry Marble. You're listening to us right this second on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs. We're lower on Tuesday. October hogs down 95 cents, 78.20. December down $1.40 at 71.25. Class 3 milk, about the only higher close we saw. August milk up three cents at seventeen thirty a hundred weight. September milk up fourteen at seventeen ninety seven a hundred. The cotton market took another drop on Tuesday. Monday afternoon's crop progress report came out showing a continued deterioration in the U.S. cotton crop. Normally, that would be good for the market. However, the market just couldn't overcome the negative news coming out of China. China announcing a reduction in retail sales and industrial output forecast. And that put pressure all across the board today. Stock market, grain markets, energies, metal, all affected by that news Cotton market, no exception. October cotton dropped 145 points at 86.20. December cotton down 137 points at 85.10. March down 130, 85.01. Corn market taking a drop on those weekly crop ratings. They showed a two percentage point increase in the good to excellent category of the nation's corn crop. So a better looking corn crop caused prices to fall. September corn down 11 three quarters at 464 a bushel. December corn down 12 and a quarter, 475 and a half. March corn down 12 and a quarter, 489 and a quarter. And we just cannot seem to find a bottom in the wheat market. Both hard and soft wheat taking a tumble once again. September Kansas City wheat down 13 cents, 737 and a half. September Chicago wheat down 17 and a half. It's now below six bucks. It closed at five ninety-eight and a half. In the energy market, September natural gas down thirteen cents, two sixty-six. September West Texas crude down a dollar fifty-two at eighty ninety-nine a barrel. The financial markets lower Tuesday afternoon. The Dow down three hundred fifty-four points at thirty-four thousand nine fifty-two. The Nasdaq dropped one hundred fifty-five, thirteen thousand six thirty-two. The S&P down 51 points at 4,438. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.